0: fine summer evening, and I can hear you at home saying, hey Phoenix, what gives? Why is it always lovebirds that get the song on the radio? They're the ones that always get the shout out. Well, my friend, fear not, because if you've got enough love for yourself, and you've got enough respect for yourself... That's half the battle. That's all that counts. And I know you may be discouraged because you're walking down the beach and you see the lovebirds hand in hand and they're rolling around in the sand and kissing on each other and you're all alone. You got no one to kiss on. But you know what? Them's just the breaks, kids. You know what you can do, though? You can stick around, listen to the new episode of The New Guy on the Block. Guy on the Block, only on Zima Podcasting Network. Welcome back to another episode of New Guy on the Block. This is episode two of season one. I'm your host as always, Graham Zima. Joining me as always, we have Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? Good, how are you doing, Graham? Pretty good. Sitting across from me, we have the man himself, Charles Arpin. How's it going? Glad to be back. Glad to be back, yes, awesome. And also sitting across from me, a returning guest for episode two, the other Graham, Graham Collins. Welcome back, Graham. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being back here. Once again, if you haven't already, we'll just get this plug out of the way. Um, go on to Apple Podcasts right now. Search New Guy on the Block and subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a rating and review. And follow us on any one of our social media handles. Just look up New Guy on the Block. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about The history of skateboarding, more specifically, 90s skateboarding, um, which is sort of becoming a a hot topic, the release of mid-90s, which came out in October of 2018, so pretty recent. I know, Charlie, you were a big fan of the movie. Dylan, did you end up seeing it? Of
1: course I did. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. I loved it. I
0: loved it. I figured you guys would enjoy it. Um, But that's what we're talking about today, sort of 90s skate culture and how skating evolved during that time period. But before we do that, I want to backtrack a little bit going into the 90s and anybody can sort of jump in on this once i ask it where was skateboarding at this point once we were leaving the 80s what was established within the skateboarding community
1: uh street started that's kind of what the 90s like cook off the 90s was, you know, '88, 80, 89, Santa Cruz started putting out videos that had more street in it with like Nadas. And then there's guys in New York, like Gans kind of doing stuff in the streets and people kind of realized, oh, we can do this skating, not on a ramp, not in a vert ramp, not in a bowl. We could take this to the streets. We can do other things. People are starting to like lead the front in the street skating. So coming to the 90s, people were just wanting to skate street vert died. All the transition skating kind of died. All the top pros like Tony Hawk and Steve Caballero started putting out street parts skating in what was, you know, street uh, contest, which evolves to being what a street contest is now. But really, going into the 90s, it was a lot of transition skating and then this big boom of street of we can do this too. And everyone jumped on that board of street.
2: Yeah, definitely. I give Lance Mountain a lot of credit.
1: Oh, sure. Because
2: in the old Bones Brigade videos, he was like, those are videos, if people don't know, it's just like this certain crew. From a company called Powell Peralta. Uh, if anyone's seen the 2005 movie Lords of Dog Town, uh, uh, about the like kind of the birth of skating, uh, one of those skaters <clears throat> formed a company and uh, had videos in the 80s that were really creative.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, they took a stance on taking acting into a skate video and doing skits with it.
2: Yeah, and Lance Mountain was always just doing funny stuff Mm -hmm. on the street, finding, like, banks and fire hydrants to do fun stuff on. And I know a lot of people looked down on him in the 80s and kind of—
1: Yeah, if you watch the documentary on Bones Brigade, he kind of takes a a backseat on it. Yeah, and that's a really good documentary to watch if
2: you haven't seen it. Bones Brigade, an autobiography, excellent stuff. But, yeah, it's all about, like, that creativity and— like Dylan said, Mark Gonzalez is the first person, him and Nott is the first two people to hit handrails and uh, stair sets from that point on. It was just evolution.
1: It progressed so fast. But I guess also in the Bones Brigade part, there was always Rodney Mullen who's part of the Bones Brigade, but he just wasn't that transition skater because all of those guys like Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain, Mike McGill were all skating vert ramp, skating bowls, putting out videos like Animal Chin, which is a phenomenal video if anyone hasn't seen it. Uh, and then there was always Rodney Mullen who was just kind of doing his freestyle stuff, inventing flip tricks, inventing just all these crazy tricks. And then the 90s took off and people started doing those. People people started taking these like flat ground tricks and putting them in the street park.
2: Well, unlike anything in the world, it takes a savant. Exactly, <laughs> to, yeah. To move it forward. And Rodney Mullen, I would highly recommend watching interviews or videos of him. I mean, that man is definitely on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, he's got quite the mind, and it, takes, it took him really pushing the boundaries. I mean, he invented the kickflip and all the tricks that we know today before anyone was doing them.
0: Do you have anything else you wanted to add to that, Graham? Well,
2: I'm thinking of, like, dudes
3: like Daewon Song, who, like, I mean, he also, I mean, kicked out with Roddy Mullen and all those dudes. I mean, he started doing some insane tricks. I mean, he's the first one who I think whoever, I think he's the first person who actually did the first hard flip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Daewon? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. what's that?
0: If you just specify?
3: Um, kickflip, frontside, shove it, like, all in one, essentially. It's a weird trick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a weird, like, kind of inward mota- rotation of a kickflip. Okay. Interesting.
2: There's a documentary on him, too, that just put, got put on YouTube, all, and it's pretty informa- informative. I'd recommend it. It's good. It's like 40 minutes. Easy watch. Fun to watch, too. See how he kind of uh, competed with Rodney Mullen when he kind of got on the scene because he was also inventing so many things that people hadn't seen before. and And I was shocked to see some of the tricks that he was doing. In like 91 that I wouldn't see people doing now. And if I did, I'd still be impressed by it.
0: One of the other things that had been established at that time, back in 81 in particular, was Thrasher, um, which obviously people that are listening, even if you're not in the skateboarding world, you sort of know. And we'll be talking about that later on. Um, Like, how quickly did they take off from the time that they were established back in the 80s?
1: Well, they didn't take off to the... Extent that people know of it now until the last few years ago, because they were always just they were always Thrasher was always the like heavy gnarly magazine and skating where you read it there'd always be some sort of obscene articles in it. They didn't hold back. They didn't give a shit. Thrasher would put in if they liked it, they'd put it in them and Big Brother in the nineties. There's a there's another magazine called Big Brother and they were the same way. They would put in pretty much the most ridiculous articles with. Sometimes it wouldn't even have to do with skating in Big well, Brother. Jackass. Yeah, they was um, Big Brother, Jackass yeah. came out of Big Brother, and Thrasher was always just kind of like that, but they were just for the skaters. And it didn't cut that big boom where everyone knows Thrasher didn't happen until about 2015, I would say, when they started selling heavily to Zoomies and it became more of a streetwear company. And you'd saw the big ass displays in Zoomies of Thrasher. stuff. before, the only people who knew Thrasher were skateboards. You couldn't get a shirt in Zoomies, you would have to go to a skate shop to get a, yeah. a shirt. And the magazines, yeah, or subscribe. Yeah, Yeah, you'd have to subscribe or go to a skate shop to get the shirt. Now you can walk down the street in any mall and find a Thrasher shirt. So who dominated at that point? Like, who was their
0: opponent or rival company that was getting that mainstream attention? No, there really wasn't. Like in the
1: '80s, there was in the '80s. There's really nothing. It was just skaters. I don't think there's really anyone who's competing with that like non-skater market. I don't really. I can't put a pin on anyone who really would, or even another magazine who would. Okay, where was Zoomies at this time?
0: It wasn't
1: it was even
2: around. When
1: was that established? Uh, Zoomies was around back in the day. It was under another name throughout the 80s and 90s, and then it kind of established the streetwear skating that it was, I think, in the late 90s. I could I could be wrong, but around that time. And then they started taking off, becoming that mall chain. And like Charles said uh, in the last episode, about 08, 09, everyone knew what Zoomies was. It was more just like that one, that first skate, sh- that first skate shop, I use that term loosely, that people would see. And that now, now it's just not even. Now you see Champion, and you see like Tim like Timberland boots in Zoomies. Now yeah. it's just yeah. it just became a streetwear thing. Like they don't give and a shit about skating.
2: I give Zoom the reason Zoomies blew up is because of those I love boobies bracelets. Because it was the only place oh, you wow. could get. Oh Oh everyone wanted a boobie. Right yeah, there. that is a big throw. <laughs>
1: everyone wanted an I love boobies bracelet. That's that's probably where. Yeah. What company did that? It was a Zoomies company. What they just did it company? with uh, yeah. like a some of the breast cancer foundation. They just made yeah. the because they knew it'd sell. It's a street, it's something that's really explicit and people would like, so. Man, that's a throwback. I completely forgot. I know, I did. I don't even know if you could get it. Where the hell could you get his boobies bracelet today? Dude,
0: were they they ever uh, banned at your school? I think we got, people got in trouble for wearing them. People would have to turn them inside out. Yeah, you'd have to
1: turn it inside out. Yeah, Yeah. and then people would get mad because it said something printed on the inside. I remember seeing people with them, they'd cut them or some shit. I never had one, but I saw people getting them cut and turned inside out.
2: But yeah, you can give them credit for that. Or the boobies bracelet credit for the zoomies uproar, but I mean, yeah, skate shops were always just core. Yeah, and then you know Nike, Nike kind of you know ruined that. So we can talk about that later. Yeah, that's another conversation. yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nike's been around for a while. They didn't get into skating for a while. People always kind of skated in the dunks. Back in the day, yeah, but 90s skate yeah, culture. La, yeah, a lot, yeah, back, in the, back into the 90s, people skated the Nike dunks that you see, and you could buy well, a dunk on any streetwear brand, not even knowing that it's skating. It just worked for skating, yeah. people used it. And then Nike just kind of saw that market of, oh, we can market towards skating. And Nike has so much money that they well, yeah, throw some money over to skateboarding, and that's it.
2: Yeah, and like going into the 90s, like I would say, give a big credit in hip hop culture for. Skating in general, I think, uh, all, all so many '90s skate videos. It's it's hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's like what it's about, and wearing these big shoes and giant pants. Because uh, '80s skate fashion is pretty one of a kind. Oh yeah, you'll <laughs> yeah. never see like the it's a funny to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh the yeah.
1: the big like bandanas hanging out of HOSOY's pants and stuff. Yeah. You do see that. That's yeah. exactly what I was yep. thinking about. <laughs> yeah, off, exactly. Cut off khaki shorts yep.
2: and like tall neon socks and the tank tops and the headbands like you just don't see that anymore and you never will probably see oh, it. oh you then.
1: you see it but it sticks out like a sore thumb you'll see yeah. someone at a skate park like you're like oh he's just trying to be like Hoso, he's trying to be yeah. like steve cab whatever let him do his thing
2: they're inspired yeah yeah
0: how big was the internet coming into play for skateboarding are we
1: talking like 90s talking about the 90s 90s it It wasn't there it it wasn't the biggest thing was print and then they had something called 411 video magazine where you would get kind of like a magazine subscription but it was a vhs that was sent to you and you'd get what was going on in skateboarding at that time so they'd film whatever you needed you'd get your subscription and then you'd get your vhs of what was going on that this issue of 411 and it had all what was going on in skating
3: I, st- I still have my VHS collection of the 411VM. Yeah, the four. yeah. From okay. one for my
0: brother, yeah. Interesting. Isn't it so funny that magazine subscriptions are are so less common nowadays? Like the way that just like I'm it still fizzled subscribed. out. Oh, Thrasher! I, I am too yeah. to a few. Yeah, like, Thrasher's just the only print mind.
1: in skating right now. All like skateboard mag went under when the barracks bought it about two years ago. They don't do anything anymore. Transworld, up till recently, was making print, but about three months ago, just said we're discontinuing print, but we're still gonna have our website up and they're still doing everything. But Thrasher's the only one. You still get those little zines from Low Card, which is probably my favorite magazine that still does print and they're still doing it but nothing at a commercial like big point is really making print and skating anymore you
3: still have a subscription Graham? uh no not anymore i mean i was always one of those dudes who i was i just love skateboarding i mean even with videos nowadays like i don't sit like like charles for example like he watches so many skateboard videos and he could tell you all these different skaters and i can't even do that i mean i just love skateboarding for what it is i mean even when i was younger I, I would always i would watch things and i would read the magazines and all that stuff but i was really never like Involved in that I should say I mean, well, I'm mean, i a skate nerd I'm not at
1: Charles level But I'm definitely a skate <laughs> nerd If you want to talk to the skate nerd He's sitting over here <laughs> you, gotta,
2: you gotta be subscribed to Thrasher Since 7th grade I've never missed an issue I have every every one since then In my closet All of them it's Feel pretty, pretty good amazing about that Do you, you read know?
0: each one Or at least scan yeah. through each one Yeah
2: Okay. I read through all of them And some are You know They have like two dud issues a year Where it's like There's not much going on but the most recent issues have been pretty good, gotta say. But yeah, I'll never I'll never not be subscribed. It's just it's cheap too. It's like twenty bucks a year and you get a free shirt.
1: Yeah, it's true. I was yeah. just talking about this with uh the owner of Central Skate Shop in Wassau. We were talking about Thrasher, just about really just about kind of what the Zoomies thing we were going on to before, just who's gonna sell out next is we never thought Thrasher would, but we still love it, which is funny because the skateboarders talk so much shit about something that like sells out, but the most beloved company in skateboarding just sold to Zoomies. So it's kind of hmm.
2: I don't I don't personally call that selling out with Thrasher, but why not? Because you have to make money to last that's just the bottom line. So you
0: think it's just it's sticking around while it may mean isn't the best way it's what's going to be best for skateboarding in the long run? Yeah, and
2: I don't know other than like shops and myself, I don't know anyone else that's been subscribed for as long as I have.
1: Okay. No, like, that's true.
2: Like I don't think a lot of I doubt their subscription base is that high
1: thrashers you know, uh, i'm sure yeah. there's yeah just skaters the only people yeah. are getting the the ma- which is good because the magazines haven't really changed too much would you say that charles they've no they're the same they're 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 yeah. the same like the yeah. actual print is the same it's just the street wear that is being yeah, really it's just sold. the shirts that they yeah. sold and, and i you- still wear thrasher shirts i love them
2: oh yeah if i if i ran a company like that there's just a certain point when you have to do stuff like that but but i don't think at all that thrashers lost any of their momentum or uh you know what am i what's the word i'm looking for
1: <clears throat> their fan base yeah, yeah yeah
2: like just their and what they're their about. core fan base What they're about you know because everyone that knows what they're about that's like that's thrasher yeah you know
0: well yeah. I, def- I definitely want to save this conversation on thrasher for a few episodes later on because we definitely want to touch on this again but i feel like as we wrap this episode up it would be a crime not to mention probably the most recognizable name in skateboarding tony hawk um the contr- I mean, we touched on him a little bit earlier but the contributions he made without him who knows where skateboarding would be um what was the first thing from tony hawk that you remember seeing
1: Uh, The 900 was the first thing I remember seeing because it was so big in 99 at the X Games when he landed the first 900. That just took it off so many people who didn't even follow skateboarding. Somehow knew Tony Hawk, he did this 900, did this crazy trick. And that's the first recollection of him that I remember hearing early off when I started skating. But I mean, there's so much more that he did, so so much more before uh, he even landed the 900 that people didn't realize until you get deeper into skating.
0: What was that? like first experience watching that like like what kind of impression did that leave on you
1: just like damn
2: i don't remember (laughs) it i I
1: don't don't, remember watching obviously i don't remember watching it live but i remember just seeing it knowing like oh tony hawk oh he's the 900 guy like i remember seeing that yeah
2: i knew i mean i'm trying to think hawk clothing yeah Hawk clothing first things and then also uh uh Drake and Josh go Hollywood he's, he's, a cl- he's a classic, yeah, oh yeah, he's in that, and uh, I remember like they steal his viper, don't
1: steal my fucking viper <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: they steal his viper in that movie, and I think that was like two thousand four, that was probably the first time I was like, oh, that's a he's somebody you know (laughs) he's in nickelodeon movies and now you look back at it now and it's so funny to know because that was like during the pinnacle of of the x games that like he was everywhere i've been reading a lot of comics from that that era like 2000 to 2004 maybe just some random issues that i have and there are so many skate ads and not like for skate companies but for like got milk
1: oh yeah with just like someone doing yeah. an indie grab over a milk carton or some shit yeah like, yeah, like it,
2: and i miss that <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like but if, I we're ta- miss that. if we're talking about tony hawk he's really like light on his fame though like if he, he's oh, yeah. really like if you want, follow his twitter he knows people like kind of recognize him but don't he'll make tweets about he how he gets somewhat recognized at the airport and stuff and it's really funny yeah, yeah. It's
2: so funny yeah
0: that's amazing how about for you graham
3: um my first skateboard was a birdhouse Tony Hawk board. So I mean, that I mean that was my I mean the first person I knew in skateboarding was Tony Hawk. I mean I think you don't even have to skateboard to know Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, he's
1: a C-list celebrity. Yeah, yeah. That's he's that's just, it. Like he really is. He's just like a C-list Tony Hawk celebrity. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows who he is. I mean I don't really and and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about I mean I I wasn't really never involved in like watching skate videos and stuff as much as I mean other dudes are. I mean I just. I just always knew who he
0: was.
2: Yeah. Everybody knows who Tony yeah. Hawk is. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, those video games, I mean the impact oh, those yeah. laps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro Skater 4 and all those games. Were there yeah. I have to ask you, were there any tricks that you learned specifically from that game or like there was there insight to be had from that game? Cause from an outsider, you know, I, I learned a ton just watching it, but I'm curious from actual skateboarders' perspectives, the knowledge that you gained from that.
3: So, when I was uh, about, like, six years old, I, my brother gave me this VHS tape with him and Mike Villaley, and it was essentially, like, a trick tips video, and that's where I learned how to board slide. Okay. I remember that vividly, because I would watch it over and over
0: again. Okay. But nothing from the actual video games? No. The no. Tony no they games? were just okay. fun to play. Well, I mean,
2: I learned... Tricks that still don't exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're they're just fun awesome. to
1: play. I think it's just but fun yeah. to be able to cruise around a city and skate however the hell you want. That's but the. I,
2: I still know, on. like yeah. a, a kid at work that like I don't that does not skate at the restaurant I work at. The other day it was like, can you back, Smith?
1: yeah the trick names that's really that's i guess what really yeah was the big like learning factor from the video games is they have all the trick names so if you don't know what a trick is when you're first learning to skate you can kind of figure out what it is by playing the video game like oh he's doing that that's it put pieces together
0: obviously like you guys have mentioned there's a lot of unrealistic elements to those games but at the end of the day they still have those list of tricks the things that you do in the game, they are, in some cases, realistic. So I, I feel like from somebody who isn't as involved in skateboarding, it can be a real good learning experience. Um, I know a lot of people oh, who definitely. started skating because definitely. of the
1: video games because they would be like, oh, this is a cool video game. It has a cool soundtrack. I can get into this. Like, sky. I, yeah. I ska. Yeah. People love the soundtrack. People love that it was like, oh, I can just skate now. Maybe I'll try this in real life. Which one is the best one in your guys' opinion? underground underground yeah oh easily. i would play project
0: fr- x honestly that yeah. was
2: oh project
1: 8 oh, or project 8
0: that's good too sounds all yeah. Right. Yeah. not the 2012 party movie um yeah project <laughs> <laughs> how about you graham
3: man i'm just thinking i feel i kind of honestly forgot about underground that was one of my favorites yeah. other i was what everybody out, talked pro, about
0: even at my school
3: and pro skater 4.2 on playstation 2
2: those are my
1: two probably my game
2: know. american but, wasteland too yeah that's un- that's another
0: great one what well, for you about underground was made it the best just the best movie. it was just classic yeah. it's
2: pinnacle yeah it's <laughs> just one of the you <laughs> yeah.
1: you can just see there's memes about it skating the warehouse in yeah. uh tony hawk it's great it's just one it's of those ones classic. that like when you think yeah. of a game that's the first one that pops in my head
0: those well, environments too that they put you in like each game it's 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 pretty breathtaking in some cases oh, yeah. i remember playing project eight for the first time and just seeing some of the places you could skate i'm like this is so awesome just just like, so fun like yeah, it is unrealistic.
1: They put in some. A lot re- they put some realistic but, stuff into but, um, right. Yeah, but, they put FDR into Proving Ground. One of these later games, they put a. I big, it's a perfect. Yeah, blend. they put a big like, skate park into it that actually exists.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. I hope at some point we can dive more into these uh, Tony Hawk games because I have so many memories of playing those, and I'm sure that you guys have the same. I mean, I, I to this day, will go over to your guys' house and, and see you guys still playing certain skate games. I don't know if it's exactly uh, the Tony Hawk games. but Usually skate. Oh, that's yes. skate 3. Yeah. Skate, that's
2: the, skate that's 3 is like the new, like but the I new have, game. I have Underground for PS2. Yeah,
1: I have it somewhere. Yeah, I, I have it here. We got deep play in it. the archives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, regardless, we'll definitely
0: be talking about skate video games at some other point in the future. But uh, outside of that, well, I think we'll wrap this thing up. I want to toss it over to you guys once again for some social plugs, any videos that you're putting out, YouTube channels, anything. This is the time to do it. So We'll start with Graham.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, go give my YouTube channel a follow if you want to like if you like skateboarding. I'm um, pretty sure it's just at Graham Collings. Um,
0: surely be able to find it. <laughs> Absolutely. How about you, Charlie?
2: Yeah, I just put out a new uh, short video called Polar Vortex, which is about my friends and I skateboarding in the winter. Uh, That's on the channel Charlie Arpin, I think. Not Charles. It won't come up if you look up Charles. So Charlie Arpin, Polar Vortex, the newest video that I uploaded. There's a bunch of old stuff on there, but it's, you know... Yeah, Yeah, you got a whole collection there for people
0: to check out. So um, yeah, it's one really interesting about those things too is probably you know it it goes back a few years. You can see the evolution in your own skating videos.
2: My videos go till seventh grade, so I've
0: seen it all. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Dylan?
1: Um, really just following the local scene. Again, I'll always plug phase two, Jabas, Open Green Bay, Cream City, Sky High. But if you're looking at anything about any more interest on some of the issues we talked about, like with people, how we were kind of arguing about sellouts and everything, go on to Jankum. Jankum.com is a, w- a website that tackles some of these issues and writes art- full articles about the marketing of skateboarding and just some of the like controversial issues that people don't normally take a stance on. It's a really interesting to look out there. They're really good reads.
2: Always worth following uh, at FeedbackTS for uh, the best satire in skateboarding right now. He's really on top of it. He's doing a good job. That's what I can say.
0: Well, uh, first, I'll plug the uh, the show itself. Once again, as I said at the beginning of the show, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, any one of those fantastic outlets. We also have our social media handles uh, for this show and then also Zima Podcasting Network, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know the whole deal. Also want to give a big shout-out to High Five Studio where we do record this show in River West, Milwaukee. I appreciate everybody here, as well as Zero Undiscovered uh, for making all of this possible. Eric and Marissa, um, without you, this would not be possible. Outside of that, follow me also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I mean, I try to keep as consistent as I possibly can. But outside of that, gentlemen, another episode in the can. This is always a pleasure. We'll be back here next time. This is New Guy in the Block. See you next time.